This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Are you looking to save 50, 60, even 70% on your phone bill? Well, here's a tip. Broadvoice.com. Hi, it's Brad Staggs of Blaze TV here. Broadvoice offers high-quality phone service for only $8.95 a month. You may ask, how can I save so much money? What's the catch? Well, the secret is the technology. Broadvoice uses VoIP technology that takes analog audio signals from your phone, turns them into digital data, and then transfers them over the Internet. This means crystal clear sound and cheaper phone bills. Broadvoice has been ranked in the Deloitte Technology Fast 500 and Inc. 500 as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. Get Broadvoice right now for only $8.95 a month. Keep your existing phone number for free and Broadvoice will send you their easy plug-in adapter free. All this and you get unlimited local calling for just $8.95 a month. Plus, for a limited time, Broadvoice will even give you your first month free. Do what we did here at Blaze Radio. Make the switch today at broadvoice.com or call With Jeffy today, triple eight seven two seven B E C K, triple eight seven two seven Beck. So Hillary uh, had her first national interview of the campaign or whatever. It's really good. And uh, wow, she was terrific. Really good. She, she opened up. She shared a lot. Transparency. Yes. Yes. Openness. Important. Yeah. And so uh, look how open she was. Here she is on uh, telling her telling her interviewer that people should and do trust her. Would you vote for someone that you don't trust? Well, they, people should and do uh, trust me. And I have every confidence that uh, that will be the outcome of this election. I, I cannot decide what the attacks on me will be, no matter how unfounded. And I'm well aware of the fact that it's your job to raise those. And we'll do our best to uh, respond to them. But I think what people talk to me about, and that's all I can go on is the literally thousands of people that I've seen in the course of this campaign. They want to know what I'm going to do for the economy, what I'm going to do for education, what I'm going to do for health care. And they trust me to have a plan and to be committed to carrying out that plan. And they should, because I will. Well, Thank I mean, if, if those people do trust her, they're the dumbest people in the world. The absolute dumbest people on this planet. She can't predict. She can't predict what, what the attacks on her are going to be. However unfounded those right. attacks are. Right. Okay? <laughs> it's just pathetic. Uh, here she is on her emails, which is just one of the many things we can and do trust her on. Everything I did was permitted. There was no law. There was no regulation. There was Lying. nothing that did not give me the full authority to decide Untrue. how I was going to communicate. Previous secretaries of state have said they did the same thing. And people Mm -hmm. across the government Uh, knew that I used one device. Maybe it was Uh, uh, because I am not the most technically capable person. Oh, my uh, gosh. Wanted to make it as easy as possible. But you said that they did the same thing, that they used a personal server Mm -hmm. and and while facing a subpoena, 
deleted emails from them? You know, you're starting with so many assumptions that are, I've never had a subpoena. There is nothing. Again, let's take a deep breath here. Everything oh, I did gosh. was permitted by law and regulation. No. I no. had one device. When I mailed anybody in the government, it would go into the government system. Now, I didn't have to turn over anything. I chose to turn over 55,000 pages because I wanted to go above and beyond what was expected of me. And now I think it's kind of fun. People get a real-time, behind-the-scenes look at, you know, what I was emailing about and what I was communicating about. <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. You get a real-time look. Yeah, people get a behind-the-scenes look. Look, maybe uh, it's because I'm not so technically savvy. Yeah. Those pictures you saw of me with two and three cell phones and blackberries, they weren't mine. She's using the same lies, despite the fact they've all been mine. disproven. She said she only had one device. We saw her with two or three at, at several points, and there's photographs to, to, to back that up. Uh, she did delete emails. She, she chooses one word to jump on, and that's subpoena. I don't know. Did, didn't Congress subpoena? I don't. Her maybe not. If she said they I didn't, I thought maybe they not. did, but maybe they maybe they maybe didn't not. Subpoena, they just ordered her to testify in front of Congress or something. I, Jeez. I don't know. Uh, here she is on Bernie Sanders. You're the front runner in this state, but we're also seeing Bernie Sanders attract a lot of attention. He has had big crowds here. Ten thousand people in Wisconsin last week. Seventy-five hundred people in Maine last night. Why is it, do you think, that someone who is a self-described democratic socialist is really attracting this organic interest that your campaign seems to be struggling a little bit with? Mm. Well, first of all, I always thought this would be a competitive race, so I am happy to have a Did chance you? to get out and run my campaign as I see are you, fit and are you happy? let other candidates do exactly the same. I feel very good about where we are in Iowa. We are signing up uh, mm. thousands of volunteers, people committed to caucus for us. We have a committed supporter in every one of the 1,600 precincts. And one of the things that I learned last time is it's organize, organize, organize. And yeah. you've got to get people committed, <laughs> and then they will follow through, yeah. and then you bring more people. So I feel very good about where my campaign is. Well, she should, because... She's gone from a 45-point lead to an 8-point lead. So she should feel great. Hell yeah. That's she's a good direction. Feel great about that. Good direction. You're only down 37 points from where you were. Well, look, Pat, I can't control what, how people are going to attack me, but I'm still in the lead. No matter how unfounded those attacks are. Still the front runner. Mm -hmm, right. Still going strong, very happy, resigning up mm -hmm. thousands. Resigning up thousands of people in Iowa. I find that hard to believe. I mean, George Pataki is probably signing up thousands of people. <laughs> this is America. There's 320 million of us. You're, you can get thousands of people to do anything. <laughs> 900 people to follow Jim Jones to Guyana and, and drink Kool-Aid. That's not that hard. No, it's not. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> I'm signing up thousands of volunteers. So? Uh, all right, here she is on her thoughts on a woman on the $10 bill. Have you given any thought to the woman who should be on the $10 bill? <laughs> um, you know, I am very torn about it. I want a woman on a bill. Um, I don't know why they picked the $10 bill. It should um, probably be me, though. Some people are not agitated <laughs> for the
You think they should be the 20? Yeah, you know, I, I you want know, a woman I, on the bill. And I think that it might be easier to change mm. the 20 than it is to change the 10, but we'll see. And I don't like why? the idea that as a compromise, hmm. you would basically have two people on the same bill. One would be a woman. That sounds pretty second class to me. So I think a woman oh, should have it? her own bill. And uh, it may be more uh you know more appropriate to look at the 20 than the 10 i don't know we'll see uh, why why would it be more appropriate to look at the 20 than the 10 i don't understand that why because why because we like the 10 better than the 20 <laughs> no, no the, way we can't say the that. 10 like is the probably more used than the 20 right that's why they were looking at the 10 dollar bill because oh, it's a lower denomination and the lower denominations are used more okay uh so yeah. it's kind of weird why the 20 over the 10 i is it because <clears throat> is it Andrew Jackson? Uh, Andrew Jackson on the on the twenty, right? <clears throat> Maybe it's better to take Andrew Jackson off than than Alexander Hamilton. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I, you gotta believe she wants it to be her on the ten dollar bill. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's, America, we are not ready for that. No, but we, I she vote is. No, she is. Uh, also, here she is on the uh, the Clinton corral in uh, nineteen ninety two. Bill Clinton corralled reporters back in nineteen ninety two. Uh, when he was running for president, too. <coughs> and there they are, being roped off as Clinton's walking down the street. Nice. They corralled the reporters. She learned so, well. Yeah. They've been doing this for uh, a good long time. I mean, what are they supposed to do? Just let people walk? <laughs> No, you can't do that. Not in a parade I mean, like that. Not these the savages. Some of these people uh, don't even aren't even millionaires. This is Bill Prime time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Still had uh, salt and pepper hair back then. Back in 1992. Yeah. That's those are the Jennifer Flowers days. Yeah, baby. Those were good times. Yeah, those. You don't get those days back. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Although, didn't Jennifer Flowers do a, <clears throat> an interview recently where she said she will always love him or something to that Probably. effect? Probably they all. Love kind them. of interesting. Yeah. Uh, I did have sex with that woman, Jennifer Flowers. I did, uh, and it doesn't matter what your definition of is is. Triple eight seven two seven back. Also, uh, she Hillary was uh, glad side. I don't know donut shop or someplace, and so she she goes outside this uh, little campaign stop, and she looks thrilled to be shaking hands with this guy. Let's see the photo. Uh, so <laughs> there it is. She's shaking hands with this guy, and he's got tattooed the word white on his arm. <laughs> and, and that's the hand he's shaking her of hand course. with. And she's smiling at him like, oh, here's another good white supremacist uh, supporter. This is great. He's got white on his forearm. Good. <laughs> of course, I don't know if... If that was a black guy and he had black on his forearm, would anybody even pay attention to it? Probably no. not. She wouldn't have deleted it. She deleted this uh, later Probably on. Probably not. Uh, but I don't think it would matter. Or no. if a Hispanic had La Raza on his arm, the race. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We'd highlight that. Oh, we'd highlight that. It'd be yeah. great. Look at how proud he is of his race. Look at the diversity of the crowd coming to see Hillary. It, it's kind of interesting that white people are the only ones who can't be proud. Uh, oh, you can be proud. You just can't talk. No, you can't. You can't be proud. You can't be proud. No, you be proud. You no, you got to be ashamed. You have to be ashamed of your race. <laughs> it's that is a, a hard, fast rule now. White people must be ashamed of their race. 
727 back. Eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. I'm starting to think my vocal cords are seizing oh, no. up as well. Yeah. Well, I'm starting to think that I'm getting sick or something because I'm sweating. I can't stop sweating. You are uh, convincing like a pig right here. I can't stop sweating. I think I'm getting sick. What happened? I think I'm getting sick. I was wondering that. I mean, you're like pouring. I know. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't feel good all of a sudden. Oh, you really I'm, don't like, feel good? You do you want to? No, I'm fine. <laughs> you don't look fine. I'm just gonna drop over. I'll be. Are fine. you sure? Yeah, just step over me. Are you serious? Yeah, when I drop over, just step over. Are you okay, though, really? You're all right? All right. I'm worried about you now because I've, you know, I've been seeing you out of the corner of my eye, and now I'm looking at you. Um, Yeah, you don't look well. I'm ready to drop over. You do not feel good? No, I don't. Why don't you go home? I'm all right. No, no, no. Go home. No. 888-727-BECK. Tell tell Jeffy to go home. No. 888-727-BECK. Uh, Pat and Stu, we got a full show, though. I mean, if if you do want to go home, we can handle this because uh, we we've got the uh, illegal immigrant to talk about who, and we haven't we haven't talked about this much. The one who was oh, deported yeah. five times, I think the last time was two thousand nine, and then randomly shot down thirty two year old woman and killed her. Just horrible. Rip your guts out. And I then just... now we've got you know information about. The gun belonging to the feds. The I, mm-hmm. it's just yeah, are they are they alleging then that it, it's the fast and, it's a Fast and Furious I, gun? I guess I don't know. He he claims he found it in some plastic bag on the dock. I doubt that. I do too. I doubt that. And really, it doesn't matter where he got it. It's what he did with it. Right. 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 So uh, we're going to get into that later on today. Um, we, we, there's also the illegal immigrant who uh, did the uh, who was deported six times, charged in a felony, felony hit and run. Uh, we we have uh, kind of a creepy segment. Uh, Joe Maggard was McDonald's mascot from 1995 to 2007. Um, but what happened after he stepped out oh, of the red no. clown shoes? Kind of interesting. Those guys. There's several of you. them around the country. You know the big conglomerates that own. Several McDonald's under one company. You know, there's yeah. some companies like you were talking about. You know, someone who does that. Right. They have their own Ronald McDonald's, but those guys are pretty. They're under pretty stringent rules from I, McDonald's I would to think be so, yeah. Ronald McDonald's. Because that's a you know that's an important yeah. And the guy, the them. one guy, the one Ronald that used to uh, frequent our area in Tampa Bay, he would not. I mean, he was a fan of the station, but he would never tell me who he was, his real name, anything. Wow. He was really, he was like, wow. no, I can't, Jeff. It's interesting. I, can't. Uh, I know, I was like, I can't, Jeff. It's uh, interesting. Dude. Couldn't and even... I kept, you know, when you're out on the street, you're kind of looking for people that look like him uh-huh. without the makeup on. Because <laughs> 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 you can tell, you can tell clown people. Oh, yeah, from a mile away. How do you tell clown people? I mean, just the way they look. You know, they've really? worn makeup and they're the way uh-huh. they've. Look, they have the clown school not far from Tampa Bay down in Sarasota. There's so a clown a, school? Really? You have to register your clown face. I yeah, didn't you, know that. Each clown face is an original clown face. Oh. You have to register. You, you have the clown police after you? You are <laughs> doomed. <laughs> Man, they will, they take will for that. shoot you down. That's something I haven't looked into a Well, lot, so I'm not up on my clown facts as much as I probably should be. <laughs> I am up on this, though. You need to get, your, uh, you need to get preparation uh, going in your life. And if you don't have it, this is the best way to start that I've ever seen. You can get a 72-hour kit. That's a three-day supply of food from My Patriot Supply. It's delicious food. It comes in these convenient pouches. Mm. You just reconstitute it with water. It is, it, it's an awesome product. 
And so you don't have buckets of wheat that you're going to have to, you know, grind and turn into bread. <laughs> well, you got this. You got you this. don't have to churn it? No, you don't. Oh, you don't have to man. grind it up or anything. So uh, the $10 price for a 72-hour kit includes shipping. Call them right now. 800-274-3040. If you've been putting this off, stop it. Pick up the phone right now. 800-274-3040. Jeffy, do you have a th at least a three-day supply? Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, I do. You're good. At least good. a three-day supply. All right. I call like every day. <laughs> yeah, because the, the limit is four. Yeah. Well, soon, right. soon I just, I'll, I'll just say, we don't need to go to the grocery store. Eat that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Call. That's do like point. Jeffy did. Call him. Call him every day. Uh, 800-274-3040. It's my Patriot supply. It's not just food. It's freedom. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-630-6720. That's 800-630-6720. Hi. 888-727-BECK. It's uh, the Pat and Stu Show. Uh, Glenn had this extensive interview for a full hour. Uh, with Ted Cruz, and because we like him, frankly, we want to hear uh, much of what he had to say. So we've been featuring over the last few days uh, some of the various parts of the interview with Glenn and uh, Senator Cruz, and here's part three for you. Thousand people go to tedcruz.org, contribute online, courageous conservatives. If it comes from the people, that's how we break the Washington cartel, and that's how we bring back morning in America. Okay. I hope to God you're right, because I think we're running out of time. I have been talking about a caliphate for years. Yep. I have been talking about economic collapse for years. People mocked me on both of those things. I think we are closer and closer yes. to those, especially yes. with Greece. Yes. And, um, the one thing I didn't talk about and warn for years, because I... I just could, I just can't get my arms around, and I don't think most people can. The right of conscience yes. in this country yes. is slipping away quickly when you have, when you, when you can't say anything without being fired, uh, you know, pretty much blackmailed to shut your mouth. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's crazy. And now what's coming because of this last session of yes. uh, the Supreme Court? Where's our right of conscience? It is in jeopardy and under assault. You know, at the... Can you give me any... For somebody who might be watching and go, come on, no, we're not going to get there. Because I hear people say that. We're not there. Can you tell me why you believe we're there? Sure. I, I'll give a couple of things. Number one, at the oral argument for the gay marriage case, Justice Alito asked Don Verrilli, who's the Obama administration solicitor general, if the Obama administration prevails and convinces this court to attempt to strike down the marriage laws of all 50 states. Which they did. Is the next step for the Obama IRS to come after Christian universities and by extension Christian grade schools, Christian charities, even Christian churches. And for that matter, Jewish churches or charities or schools 
Catholic, Mormon, even Muslim, any faith that teaches that marriage is the union of one man and one woman. The question that was asked is the next step for the IRS to go and target them and strip their IRS tax deductible status. And the answer from the Obama Justice Department in open court was, yes, that's a very real possibility. So if your church, whatever faith it may be, believes in the union of marriages of one man and one woman, the Obama Justice Department has already admitted it may be targeting your church. They, we lost a uh, fire chief in yes. Atlanta. You know the story? Yes. Um, and he just spoke at his church. Yep. Did not say anything yep. at work. Yep. Lost his job. I think we're going to lose a lot of people. I think a lot of Americans are not going to stand up. They're not going to. So, so this week I did a, a number of media interviews. One of them was Katie Couric. And she was asking me if, 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 if I thought county clerks had a right to exercise their religion and not, uh, not grant uh, marriage certificates to gay, gay marriages. And I said, of course, our country was built on religious liberty. And she said, well, if that's your faith, shouldn't you quit? Why should you work for government? They're literally the media. Katie Kirk said on TV, anyone that believes in biblical marriage should quit or be fired from government. They're not allowed to have those religious views. Let me give a, a real-world example, a, a couple that I've gotten to know uh, in Iowa, Dick and Betty Odegaard. They are a wonderful couple. Uh, some years ago, they purchased an old, historic Lutheran church, and they would host weddings in this church, and they started a little business where they do catering, they had a flower shop. They did this for a number of years. This was their livelihood. Right. Two men came in, and they wanted to have a, a gay wedding. Right. Now, the Ode Guards are devout Mennonites, and, and they explained very kindly. They said, listen, this is contrary to our faith. We don't believe we can, consistent with our religious beliefs, host this ceremony. Now, there was nothing to stop these two men from going down the street and getting married down the street right. at any other gathering. But instead, the next day, they sued the Ode Guards. The Ode Guards spent many, many months in protracted litigation. They spent $5,000 to settle the case, and they made a promise never again to host any wedding in that That's church. That's insane. A couple of weeks ago, I sat down and visited with Dick and Betty. i got to tell you, Glenn, this couple, they were in tears. They're going out of business. The employees in their business, they're laying them off. They're, they've been driven you, out of work. And one thing they pointed out, by the way, they've said, listen, some of their employees have been gay. Have been gay. It's not that this was driven. Right. So that, there's, a there's a difference between, for, for me, it's been, look, if you go into a bakery mm -hmm. and I won't sell you donuts or a birthday cake because you're gay, I'm a bigot. But if you ask me to do something that is for your ceremony, well, now, wait a minute, I, I'm engaging in something that I don't believe in. Is, is that the line for you as well? The, 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 the liberal, there is a liberal fascism where they are seeking not the freedom to do what they want, but they want anyone who believes in religious teachings to embrace and to celebrate, and their objective is to crush under heel anyone who believes differently. The Ode Guards were driven out of business. They were punished because they refused to celebrate and participate in the gay, in the gay wedding. And you know, this is a radical notion. You know, society has no right to force a Jewish rabbi to perform a Christian wedding. Correct. Society has no right to force Correct. a Muslim imam to perform a Jewish wedding. Correct. I mean, how about 
a little bit of tolerance and diversity, that we tolerate, that, that people can pursue their own rights of conscience and faith. And, you know, one of the things I write about in the book, A Time for Truth, is that I've spent two decades of my life fighting to defend religious liberty. This is not some newfound interest that I discovered when I launched a campaign for president. This has been a passion my whole life. When I was the Solicitor General of Texas, we defended the Ten Commandments monument before the state capitol grounds, 154 at the Supreme Court. We defended the Pledge of Allegiance, the words one nation under God, one unanimously. I had the great honor of representing over three million veterans pro bono for free, defending the Mojave Desert Veterans Memorial, a lone white Latin cross that was erected over 70 years ago to honor the men and women that gave their lives in World War I. We went to the Supreme Court and we won 5-4. This is a passion and religious liberty is under assault. I'm convinced, Glenn, 2016 is going to be a religious liberty election and I will never, ever shy from defending the religious liberty of every American. I think it's also going to be an election where you're going to inherit the greatest economy ever known to man because unemployment is now 5.4%. <laughs> With what's happening in Greece, yeah. I think we're yeah. going to probably lose them to Russia. Uh, what happens to Greece when they fall? And this bogus economy that we have, yeah. everybody's celebrating 5.4% unemployment today. Well, with respect to Greece, and let me just take foreign policy more generally. For, for six and a half years, the Obama-Clinton-Kerry foreign policy has been a manifest disaster uh, across the globe. Leading from behind doesn't work. Our friends and allies, they don't trust us anymore. You know, when I travel abroad and I meet with heads of state or foreign ministers or defense ministers, they say the same thing over and over again. They say, where is America? What is happening? And our enemies, they do not fear us. You know, the rise of radical Islamic terrorism has occurred on Obama's watch, because mm -hmm. you cannot defeat radical Islamic terrorism with a president Who's unwilling to utter the words. Right, he won't right, say right. radical Islamic terrorism. Right. When it comes to Greece, we're not leading, we're not doing anything. Now, look, nobody wants to see a Greek bailout. Right. But what's happening across the world is you're seeing other countries making decisions about who to ally themselves with. Mm -hmm. And right now, Russia and China are looking more and more attractive mm -hmm. because America isn't there. We're unreliable. We mm -hmm. treat our friends terribly. What does it say about the Obama administration that under this president, we're going to have an embassy in Havana, Cuba, before we have an embassy in Jerusalem? Well, we won't because Jerusalem isn't even a part of Israel now, thanks to the Supreme uh, Court. It, it, it is stunning and it is wrong. This has been the most antagonistic administration to Israel in history. If I had gone on your show six years ago and said that the prime minister of Israel would address a joint session of Congress and the president, the vice president, every member of the cabinet would boycott the elected leader of Israel, you would have said, Ted, that, that, that you're getting a little crazy there. That ain't going to happen. That's how bad it is. And, and you look at radical Islam, the Islamic State, the caliphate. What do we do with, what do we do with, with ISIS? They are crucifying mm. children. Yes. And we don't seem to care. We have a minute now. Uh, we need leadership to defeat them. One of the things I talk about in the book, A Time for Truth, is the need for strong leadership defending this nation. And one of the things that can change overnight is foreign policy. It wasn't an accident that Iran released our hostages the day Reagan was sworn in, into office. That can change overnight. What I endeavor to do in A Time for Truth 
is bring the readers in what happens behind the closed doors in Washington. If you ever wanted to sit in on a Republican Senate lunch to know what's happening when leadership is selling out the promises they made to the voters, a time for truth tells exactly what's happening in so the Washington tell cartel. Tell me this, and uh, can I have just one more minute? Um, tell me, tell me, how are you going to break that back? Because you've got to break the back of both parties. Yes. The, How are you going to do that? The Washington cartel is career politicians in both parties, Democrats and Republicans. The only thing strong, to, strong enough to do that is we the people. You look at 1980. The Reagan Revolution was a grassroots movement, and the church rose up in overwhelming numbers. My prayer, Glenn is these tragic decisions from the Supreme Court are a spark that lights a fire, an awakening that people of faith, that we see another Reagan revolution. That's what our campaign is doing. You know, we've had over 100,000 people go to tedcruz.org, contribute online, courageous conservatives. If it comes from the people, that's how we break the Washington cartel, and that's how we bring back Morning in America. Okay. I hope to God you're right, because I think we're running out of time. Patton Stoop, triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. This story in San Francisco is just soul crushing. Where a five time deported illegal immigrant, illegal alien, uh, murdered for no reason. I mean, just uh, apparently it was really random. They were on Pier fourteen, uh, and this woman, Catherine Steidel, was was walking down Pier fourteen with her dad. And uh, the illegal alien shot and killed her. Um, it, the guy had been deported five times, obviously didn't belong in the country. Obviously, we got rid of him. <clears throat> obviously, he came back. And because of the crappy sanctuary city policy of San Francisco and other places like Houston, Dallas, for instance, uh, he, he could stay there without deportation. That's why they call it a sanctuary city. So even Hillary Clinton now is joining the condemnation of San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, these are her policies. I don't know how she dares condemn San Francisco. This is what she's in favor of, is this sort of treatment of illegal aliens. Uh, Juan Francisco Lopez Sanchez pleaded not guilty to murdering her, and his public defender, Matt Gonzalez, said the shooting last week appeared to be an accident as his rifle went off in his hands. Uh Uh-huh. San Francisco Chronicle claims the rifle used to kill Ms. Steinel had been stolen from a federal agent's car in June. It adds to other reports that Sanchez had been using it to shoot at seals. Sanchez's alleged uh, crime follows controversial comments by Donald Trump, of course. And on Tuesday, Hillary commented on Sanchez's case, telling CNN the city made a mistake not to deport someone that the federal government strongly felt should be deported. In jailhouse interviews with two TV stations, Sanchez said he found a gun wrapped in a shirt on a pier, and it went off in his hands. Sanchez has served more than 17 years in prison for entering the country illegally and also has four felony drug convictions. And uh, this fine, upstanding gentleman 
who you can't say anything bad about, otherwise you're, you're a racist uh, who doesn't deserve to be on television or uh, in polite society, uh, continues to continue to walk free uh, until he finally killed somebody. By the way, illegal immigrants <clears throat> accounted for about 37% of federal sentences last year in 2014. Uh, they account for 3.5% of the U.S. population. 3.5% <clears throat> of the U.S. population, but they represent almost 37% of federal sentences in 2014. Good, hardworking family people. That's, that's all that's coming here. Don't even, don't even worry about this. Broken down by some of the primary offenses, uh, illegal immigrants represent 16.8 of drug trafficking cases, 20% of kidnapping hostage taking, 74% of drug possession, 12.3% money laundering, and 12% of murder convictions. Again, 3.5% of the population, 12% of murder convictions. The data does, uh, does include <clears throat> immigration violations of which illegal immigrants represent by far the greatest number, 91.6%. Uh, so, you know, they aren't all good, hardworking family people just here to support their families. Some of them, they're here with other intent. And, and maybe that's how they're supporting their families, uh, through selling drugs. Uh, some of them, of course, not, not, not all of them. Uh, also, there's this other illegal immigrant who was deported, not five, but six times and he's been charged in a felony hit and run deported six times uh in arizona and just was involved in a felony hit and run resulting in injuries to two children according to maricopa.com the charged immigrant manuel perez vasquez admitted he was high when the incident occurred <clears throat> perez vasquez struck a car containing a woman and her two children a five-year-old and a two-year-old both were taken to the hospital Five-year-old reporter reportedly suffering a significant laceration to the head. Both of them are going to be okay, but no thanks to this guy, who's driving around high while he shouldn't be in the country, and he's been deported six times. He refused to give a blood sample when he was arrested because he, he knew he had drugs in his system. Uh, detectives had to get a search warrant <clears throat> from a judge to obtain the sample. Uh, according to the report, Perez Vasquez refused to tell deputies where he lived and said he didn't know the name of the person that owned the vehicle he was driving, <clears throat> nor did he know the name of the person that was in the vehicle with him. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I, I don't know who that is. He just got in my car, and I started driving around. Yeah, whose car is this? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Somebody just gave it to me, and I started driving around, and, and then I stopped at a stop sign. This person got in. I, I don't know him, but I just thought we'd drive around together. <laughs> and yet, uh, there's, you know, they, we won't do anything about this. We won't do anything about this because it's too hateful to do anything about this. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Also, uh, did you see the, the Jimmy Walker comments? Isn't Jimmy Walker the same guy who did the dynamite thing in the 1970s? Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah, that's, that's the guy. Okay, so the guy, the guy who used to say, uh, was just talking about Bill Cosby yesterday, I think on CNN. And he said a couple of interesting things. One was he's known Cosby for, you know, decades. And he said, we've known about this, which means the people around Bill Cosby know that he does this kind of stuff. He also said, 
that Cosby had women around him all the time. He said he was like uh, Wilt Chamberlain. And if you remember the Wilt Chamberlain book, Wilt Chamberlain claimed to have sexual relations with, I think, 20,000 women or something like that. Uh, wasn't it 20,000? And uh, so Cosby was a Wilt Chamberlain type. And the other thing Walker said that was very interesting was that, and, and we kind of mentioned this yesterday, he was surprised he had to use drugs because women flocked to him. So I, I'm not sure if he just enjoyed that aspect of it where you give quaaludes to them and, you know, knock them out and, and then do whatever it is you had in your mind <clears throat> rather than just pick them up and take them back to your hotel room. and You got a fully conscious, fully willing participant. It seems like the way to go, but uh, apparently uh, not to Bill Cosby and certainly not a surprise to Jimmy Walker. And, and uh, if to listen to him. Not a surprise to anybody who knew Cosby for all those years. And, Co and Walker sounded like a huge fan of uh, Bill Cosby. In fact, he said he was his idol. And he was probably the best comedian in the history of the world. And so he admires him. I mean, I don't think Jimmy Walker has any axe to grind with Bill Cosby. But the Bill Cosby facade is really coming down now. 888-727-BECK. More Pat and Stu coming up in just a second. Dan Andros. Uh, Jeffy was really, uh, if you saw the show early today, you saw that he was just sweating profusely and for no reason and, and wasn't feeling well. And so uh, we're hoping he's okay, but he's uh, he's jumped out of here for now and hopefully he's on his way to the doctor. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, he normally sweats a lot, but well, I sure. mean, this is. But this was a little unusual. More than usual. Yeah, this was more than usual. Yeah, uh, all right. So we were uh, we were talking about uh, Bill Cosby a minute ago in the last break, and uh, the update on that is that the bust of Bill Cosby at Disney in their Hall of Fame kind of they got this tribute area to to people. Uh, they removed it last night. They just took <laughs> it out. It's gone. <laughs> so everybody's given up on Bill Cosby, and I think rightly so. It really looks like he's guilty now. Yeah. Uh, but they, I saw that they were pulling shows too. Uh, yeah, they pulled off the, the Bill Cosby they show. Pull off the Bill Cosby show, and it's like. You know, it, terrible. I mean, I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want to go right into like, oh, yeah. I, I just, I, I hate this trend of like we see with the Confederate flag and, and they're pulling it off of, you know, TV land. They pull off uh, the Dukes of Hazard. It's well, like, that, that one was stupid. That, that one was stupid. Like this one you understand a little more, but when you go yeah. back and take the old like Cosby shows off, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you start taking away history. It's like yeah. if we start taking away, like this was obviously mm -hmm. bad. Not, I'm not, not, not commenting on the nature of his crime. I'm just saying mm -hmm. if we start Start looking at all of the wrong things people do, and then just delete them. You're from gonna have history. no television. We're, we're gonna have nothing, nothing left. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. 
Uh, and the other update we have is that uh, apparently Wall Street has closed down because of some, com they're saying, some computer glitch. It definitely not. I'm sure it's not a hack or, no. a, or a computer terror attack or anything like that. Uh, Just a regular old glitch. Sure, everything's sure. fine. I'm sure everything's fine. But uh, that's an interesting uh, yeah, development really as well. Um, and we found this, this fascinating story about Joe Maggard, who was a McDonald's, uh, Ronald McDonald mascot from 95 to 2007. Uh, apparently, uh, they've only had, I guess they said that there have been more people who have been to the moon than have portrayed Ronald McDonald. That's, that's just, amazing. That seems like something you just <laughs> hire a guy I for, know. for two minutes to I, do. Like, oh, we need another stand-in here for the uh, apparently Ronald McDonald not. ad. Uh, but he says, this Joe Maggard says, you never really retire from being the fast food chain's, as he puts it, chief happiness officer. <laughs> At first, I turned it down, uh, but then I reconsidered. I thought, wow, how, how interesting is that? Do you still have the suit? The clown is right in there. Yes, he, uh, the clown's ready to go. Like any superhero, he's ready at yeah, a moment's really notice. A Ronald can just be, you know, it, it can appear, yes. <laughs> I don't think a superhero should be smoking a cigar. I think you'll like him. He's a lot like me, but um, he don't look like His me. house is okay, but it's like, I don't know uh -huh. that it seems like the Ronald thing paid a lot. What? Really <laughs> he did put it on. kind of like it, actually. I don't have much hair. Ronald's got great It doesn't look like Ronald McDonald. No, it doesn't. You're now Ronald. Yes. Yes. Uh, I am. <laughs> no longer Joe. Joe is present, but no. No, he's I, crazy. I'm Ronald. <laughs> he's crazy. <laughs> Who would have guessed that the Ronald McDonald clown is would absolutely insane? Would be bat crap crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's fascinating. He, I mean, I remember the McDonald's, <laughs> the Ronald McDonald's from '95 to 2007. It wasn't that long ago. No, but I don't remember him looking like that. No, I mean this guy. <laughs> they should check. I mean, if you live near this guy, you should. I think you should check the Megan's like database thing. Like the, I don't know. I mean, just just a hunch. You know, the whole clown thing around. I mean, he seems a little too creepy to be around children in a clown suit. Uh, I'm just yeah, saying. yeah, a lot too creepy. Uh, here's part two of the interview There's with uh, I was Ronald. <laughs> I'm the clown. <laughs> you know, you can sit there and say, you suck, what a bastard. It's getting a little freaky here, but it's, it's better as a performer. Mm -hmm. When you can distinguish your character <laughs> from yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's called methods. Uh, you know, uh, Brando did it. It's method. It's Don't not Joe <laughs> acting like Ronald. Joe's not quite as cool. camera crew did not. You know, Joe's more laid back. friendly camera crew. This no, is passive not. aggressive. Is, uh, yeah. He's funnier. You were part of a historic lineage. A tradition. I like to call it a tradition, yes. A very proud tradition. <laughs> Several men Driving in the car. Have been the official Ronald McDonald clown. That's true. Or Several fortunate men. Do you know how many it is? Eight. So more men have walked on the moon than been Ronald McDonald. I reckon they have. Eight. I so there have only been have. eight Ronald McDonalds. Uh, and here's the, the wrap-up with, uh, with I Was Ronald Part, part 3. He explains the makeup routine, which is obviously... <laughs> this uh, makeup 
It's sealed on with a seal. You can't sweat it off. Mm. <laughs> How long does it take you to put it on? Three hours. Three hours? Yeah. No wonder you didn't want us to film that. It would have been an, it would have, it would have broken the um, suspension of disbelief. And it would have been boring as you know, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, because you have to work it in, and then you have to set it with powder, <laughs> and then you work it in again. I, they sent me to a school. Paid me quite well for that. Hey, buddy, give me a high five. <laughs> there you go, mate. Well, More than one time, kids would come up and stomp on my, I've given the little bastards a rap on the cheek <sighs> for stomping on my, seeing, they thought my feet were this big, so they were going to, yeah, that was, uh, Every time, you know, a lot of kids, they're just automatically, oh, they're, you know. It's... <laughs> did, did he just say little bastards? Yes, he did. <laughs> As Ronald McDonald. Oh, that's great. And they don't, he talked about method acting in the one. And yeah. you don't, I don't know if he's aware of this. Uh, he should be as one of the eight uh, Ronald McDonald's is mm -hmm. that he doesn't talk. Right. Yeah. The, Ronald... I don't think I've ever seen him talk in the commercials. He just... I, I don't think so. Does Ronald speak in, the, in any of the commercials? Did he? Okay. Okay. He used right. to? Apparently he used to. All right. Uh, but I don't think he sounds like an English guy. I mean, he's calling kids mate. <laughs> I don't remember Ronald McDonald doing that. Wow. And that I don't remember sad. him smoking a cigar uh, and calling kids bastard. No. Little and they, bastards. And they obviously did not. The pay could not have been... That well, although he claims that it was great for the beauty school that he yeah. went to, which yeah. obviously paid off because because he looked great there. He did, uh, but he, did. Uh, I, he looks. It's I'm not sure he's getting. If he's not married, I don't know if he's getting the ladies <laughs> with the with the Ronald McDonald suit hanging up. But uh, hey, you know, I, I it's uh, I can't imagine chicks not just flocking to him. Actually, because uh, he was he looked like a hot prospect. Yeah, and you know they they like eight. With the moon, they make it sound like it's this elite, only eight people got to do it. I'm mm -hmm. guessing the eight here is more, it's not because everyone was trying to be the clown and only eight got it. It's like they found eight, eight people, people who, would do who it. were willing to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Would you want to be Ronald McDonald? No. Uh, I would not. No. I'm not, not even 20 or 30 years ago would I have done uh, the Ronald McDonald thing. I didn't uh, even think to do that interview. That was pretty amazing. I, yeah, that is weird. <laughs> uh, but the British press do a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, they go after uh, people that we haven't seen in a really long time and just do interesting interviews with them. And I think a lot of times they're just lurking, looking for dirt. They were probably trying to find this guy was a uh, child predator or right. something. Yeah. Uh, that's what they're usually trying to dig up. Hopefully he's... <laughs> He's not that, because I think that would be a problem. Uh, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk about uh, um, Apple. Back in 1997, uh, when Apple was not the Apple that we know today. Today, it's the number one company in the world. The biggest corporation, uh, even over uh, Walmart and ExxonMobil right now. It's valued at going on a trillion dollars now. But if you remember, when uh, Jobs left in, what was it, the early 90s, mid-90s, and then he was the gone time, yeah. for a few years, and then he, he came back, Apple was in shambles, and it was getting crushed by Microsoft and even IBM and virtually everybody, and nobody wanted Apple products. And then when Jobs came back, he turned that company around uh, like nothing I've ever seen, and in between, he was doing uh, Pixar. 
So a fairly successful guy. And a decent career. A decent career. Um, but we actually have a video from 1987 from Apple Imagines, uh, imagining a future world in 1997, <laughs> made richer and more wonderful by all the sweet Apple products. That should be fascinating because, yeah. of course, they made that happen. I don't know if they made it happen by 1997, Seven, no, but, but by 2001, 2002, right. they weren't too far off. Yeah. More Pat and Stu with Dan Andrews coming up in a few minutes. Glenn on TV tonight. Uh, so Jeffy was filling in for him, and then uh, now Dan Andros is filling in for Jeffy. Yeah, and unfortunately, so. I feel like I'm. I feel like my patella is beginning to swell, so I don't know if I can make it through the rest of the program. <laughs> okay, well, let so, us know. Yeah, I'll let you know if it swells yeah. up too much. And if you start sweating profusely, let us know about that. Okay. Too. All right, all right. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. We all know what what kind of uh, corporation Apple is today because uh, we all have Apple products in our home. Well, most of us do anyway. Either the iPhone, the iPad, you know, a Mac, whatever it is, uh, Apple really reinvented themselves in the late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, they started out really strong, then they hit a rough patch, and Steve Jobs left, and uh, a million things happened, and we all know the history of it. But here's kind of an interesting video from 1987 from Apple, and it imagines a future, a future world in 1997, so 10 years from the time they made this video that would be made richer and, and more fantastic by Apple products that they were about to build. So now 20 years later almost, and some of the predictions have come true, some not so much. Here's, here's a look at the video. No question about it, the 1990s have really been the Apple decade. 1997. Apple turns 20 this year, and everybody's celebrating from Cooper PD to Cupertino. Just look anywhere in the media between 1987 and 1997. Apple is in everything from news to stand-up comedy. Been They're everywhere. This is the city. Los Angeles, California. I work here. I'm a computer. They're everywhere. They rest a precarious living from the desert here in Newland Bator, relying upon only instinct and several Apple computers. Okay, that's sad. That looks like a, a 50s video. Yeah. That doesn't even look like 1987, does it? I mean, 87 was, well, it was 28 years ago, but still. I mean, it, it wasn't ancient times. No. That looks like the 50s. Yeah. What a terrible <laughs> video this is. Yeah, you always see the progression in, like, just graphics on video. Like, when you look at sports and you see, like, an old game from, like, 
1992, and you're like, it doesn't seem that long ago. And then you look yeah. at the graphics, and it's just like this generic Bad. font that just like takes up the whole screen. And right. you're like, wait a minute, we actually watched that and thought it was good. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, here's part two, as they as they predict, I guess, crazy international communications. The white zones for loading and unloading. I don't think that last paragraph presents our case as strongly as it could. How about this? No. Is that supposed to be a satellite? I guess so. I yeah. think we should say something about wine and cheese. Perhaps. All right. The, the satellite again. <laughs> Connecting Sydney, Australia with Paris, France. <laughs> Throw in a sack of biscuits and we'll have a party. Almost all the growth in the computer industry in the last decade happened in one place. The desktop. And of course, that means Apple. And of course, that means Apple. <laughs> Apple. Yeah. And Microsoft. No other company would possibly <laughs> jump on this bandwagon once it starts exploding across the world. They Only were, Apple. <laughs> they were right about the desktop. Yes. Okay, desktop computers. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. Hardly anybody uses the, the well, it's actually laptop now. Yeah. So, but, but in 97, I guess it was the desktop, yeah. right? And, yep. and then they, then they, and we have one at home, but they invented those huge monitors and it's all self-contained and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of cool. I wonder if there, if this is one, I've seen some of these clips before and there's one where there's like an internet cafe and this guy's like, welcome to the future. And it's an internet cafe. And, but uh, to your desktop point, like the way they envisioned it was yeah. at the cafe, there was like this giant computer screen, like at the middle of the table. And it was like, okay, you kind of got it. Like that's, <laughs> it's Wi-Fi connection, but. Uh, well, the next one they envision is uh, computer glasses. This being 1997, some people feel the Apple II concept is getting old. We don't agree. The Apple II VSOP, the computer for the new millennium. Very smooth old processor. And today at Apple Computer, another milestone. This is the 50 millionth Macintosh produced since 1984. And in the last 10 years, we've made a lot of big improvements and some small ones too. Presenting the Vista Mac. The Vista Mac 2, a new thinner profile. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh. Well, that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. In 1997. Yeah. I mean, we had the Google Glass, but yeah. it was Google, not <laughs> Apple. Interesting, though, that they envisioned a world where they would be the ones to create the glasses, and, and, and then they didn't do didn't. it. It's like you've had this idea sitting on the table for what thirty years now. Yeah. You couldn't uh, couldn't make it. Let happen. Google beat you to it. That's really kind of weird. That is kind of weird. Uh, and so they they, uh, they also believed that there would be talking computers by nineteen ninety seven. I don't get it. What did I do wrong here? Please plug in the keyboard. Oh. A computer that talks is no big deal. A computer that really listens, that's a breakthrough. I'm afraid I'll push the wrong button and damage something. How long have you had this feeling? Apple computers have always been friendly, but we've gone from friendly to understanding. 
Good morning. This is October 5th, 1997. I have checked four wire services, scanned eight magazines and 18 newspapers, and accessed the New York, Tokyo, and Paris databases. That's essentially... Here are three items you may be interested in. Okay, so... That's pretty cool. Yeah, they had some of it. They they, kind of had it... An inkling of what was coming, and and things obviously go a different way as as technology grows, and you find a better way than you thought was going to be there, or maybe you can't do it the way you thought you were going to. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. And and uh, I, I think in some ways we've gone, uh, maybe not by '97, but we've gone way beyond what they even envisioned. Yeah. Yeah, and like, but you look at it again, it's, again, Pat. It's the voice. I mean, I don't know. I'm starting to turn on Apple a little bit. This is the voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Siri. They've been sitting on this right. idea since 1987. These guys are right. idiots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Siri, by the way, to me, absolutely worthless. Do you ever use Siri? Uh, do you have an Apple? I do. And I've... Do you use it much, the Siri no, feature? never. I never do. It just... Uh, I never do, because when I've tried, it's it's worthless. Have you it done really the zero isn't. divided by zero thing? Uh, yeah, thing? it insults you or something? Yeah, when yeah. You... Do you want to try it? Yeah, sure. I don't with... know if it still does it. I think... Let's see. What is zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And you are sad that you have no friends. It's weird. It's weird. It's worthless. It's I, I, uh, I asked for a direct- The one time I tried to use it, I had the kids were screaming in the car, and I was trying to get directions somewhere, and I, and I just, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll try the Siri thing. It's like the one time I thought about it. I'm like, I need, find me, you know, a restaurant or something. And it, and it was like, and I could, like, see it down the road, but I couldn't get to it on the road, so I didn't know what road to go. I'm like, get me to this restaurant. And it couldn't do it, and I just was so mad. And I go, you are worthless. And it's like, I'm sorry, but I'm here for you if you right. need me. I, I know. I, I like that. My, my wife, every time I'm yelling at Siri, don't do that. You, you know it's not a real person, right? You know I'm not hurting its feelings because it doesn't have any, right? Uh, but I usually get, hmm, let me check the Internet for you. Yeah. And then it gives you a list of stuff that, that it has no relation Completely. to what It's like they searched do. Bing instead of Google because they're Apple and they don't want to use Google. So they go right. and search the crappy and Internet it's terrible. search and it's awful and you just terrible. get nothing. So, yeah. Uh, so th- those were, what really surprised me there was the quality, though, of the videos, which was atrocious. I mean, it was like oh. the 1930s or 40s or something. Uh, and speaking of which, we have... <laughs> We have every once in a while we bring you these uh, really early on um, very sexist uh, videos or advertisements about uh, how to please your man because that was a lot of what happened in the 40s and 50s was advice to housewives on how you can make your man's life better because uh, that's what everything that a woman was about was pleasing her man right the old happy the happy wife happy life thing that didn't exist back then no it did (laughs) did not and in this 1930s film reel uh called how to undress in front of your husband it uh, painstakingly describes to wives how to properly declothe take a look at this (laughs) down through the ages Women have paid meticulous attention to the matter of dressing. Mm -hmm. They have consumed hours and hours in getting just the precise effect desired. Each dainty garment has been donned with the utmost care and thought. (laughs) No amount of time or effort has been considered wasted if the final result was alluring glamour. But ladies, when it came to undressing, 
that was something else again. Technique was thrown to the winds. Angles were disregarded. Right. Charm and allure were entirely forgotten. Now, Miss Barry is unquestionably an authority on undressing. <laughs> and I suggest that you watch her closely. All right. All right Notice the ease and grace with which she slips out of things. There is ease oh. and grace. No there. lost motion. No awkwardness. From all appearances, you'd think she'd spent her life undressing. <laughs> that truly is artistry. And maybe she has. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, hey, maybe she has. Is that all she does? I mean, is this? Uh, uh, I mean, no, can I, I play the role of Jeffy here and be like, "Where right. is the?" There, oh, okay. Uh, it actually isn't all she does. She does uh, more. And this is going to be now. Fantastic. I'm sure we'll see something. Oh. Well, Miss Barry has excellent bedroom habits, and she unquestionably <laughs> has it. Oh, she must have it. Or didn't she capture the world's greatest lover? I she not know. only knows she... how to get a husband, but how to keep him. <laughs> what? Well, that's what it says in the script. Ah, uh, now we're getting uh, right down to business. Yes. Um, wasn't that executed beautifully? It really was. Doesn't that prove beyond all doubt that it isn't what you obviously reveal, but what you artfully conceal mm -hmm. that makes disrobing an intriguing art? Well, ladies, uh, wow. I hope you learned something there because... Uh, that's how you please your man, right? That, that is an important issue. And I don't know about you, Pat, but I mean, I grade my wife every night on how she, on how she undresses. Yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> she's getting better. She's getting better. But, well, uh, have you shown her this video? No, yet? I didn't know this existed. Yeah. And now I, now I know what I'm going to do. It's going to be a really, go really helpful it tool. It will go for over you. so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things have changed just a little bit since oh the 1930s. Gosh. Just a tad. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven. Back more Pat and Stu with Dan coming up. No, it's Back, We're just watching these uh, YouTube videos. I was. <laughs> it started with the McDonald's thing, because at the end of the McDonald's clip that we played on the on the clown, there was another thing you could click on about the five dark secrets, the top five dark <laughs> secrets of McDonald's. And so we started talking about these YouTube yeah. videos. That's how you get lost on a YouTube. Yeah. That's how you get all night on YouTube, by the way. They give you the little thing, and the next thing you know, you're watching God knows what. And then you're researching it because you saw something you don't believe. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you've, you stumbled onto somebody called PewDiePie. Yeah, I never heard of him, but I think the Blaze posted the article. Uh, but he's apparently this YouTube sensation, and he's got like some absurd amount of subscribers to his YouTube channel, like 9 million or some insane amount of people. And what he does is he makes this, there's this style of video that's actually, to me, very annoying. They just do cuts all the time, and they, they go like, hey, do you ever see something that's crazy? And cut, and then keep talking, and it's very ADD and annoying. But uh, anyway, so this, it came out that this guy made $7 million, like $7.5 million, 
um, just all he does is play video games and comment and post the clips and edits them together. And so then there was wow. this big internet outrage of like, is, oh, is, this guy doesn't deserve that money. And so he goes online and he posts like a five-minute response, basically trying to justify his salary. And it's like, you know, dude, you don't need to justify No, you that. don't. No. What? I mean, you found a niche and you're obviously doing something that's not illegal for it it's yep. perfectly fine people like it there's a demand for it so there's nothing you yeah. don't have anything to to apologize for but that's a society that's been created by the left by the progressives because if you make any kind of money at all uh you're somehow evil yeah and you think about too if there's anyone not to vilify it's the, every single person that has a computer has access to make a YouTube video like this guy did. Yeah. And he said he, he sold some artwork that he did or something online, and that's how he got his computer. And he started, he was working at like a donut shop or, or some, you know, donut stand or something, just something very simple. And he's like, I was completely happy doing that. I just wanted to make my videos. The money's just a bonus. It's nice, but not going to lie. He's like, but, you know, I'd be happy. But he's having to sit here and justify it. And it's like, if there are lots of people who make tons of money who don't deserve it, but a guy on YouTube who, like, there, if there's a job that has a quantifiable justification for your pay, it's YouTube. You get X amount of clicks, you get X amount of dollars. Yeah. Plain and simple. This guy deserves every penny he gets, and he doesn't need to justify it to anybody. Is it clicks or is it advertisers? How does he make money from clicks? I don't know exactly does how pay it... a certain amount of money for the clicks? Uh, well, I think what happens is when you start getting lots of clicks, ads start rolling. You, you know, if you ever yeah. notice, especially yeah. now, they'll have these big advertisements, and they'll, the same right. ad will show up on a bunch of different videos. So I think... The more views you start getting, then the more kickbacks you get. And so he's got 9 million subscribers. That's the key. If you get people to subscribe to your channel, uh, then they're going to just start, like, automatically in their feed, your, your videos will start popping up. So, uh, so he's got, like, 9 million subscribers. So every video this guy posts gets over a million views. Amazing. Most of them are, like, 3 or 4 million. So it's, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, but he's sitting there, and he, he's feeling the need to have to defend himself. He's like, oh, I give a million dollars to charity, and... Et cetera, et cetera. And it's just that you, you, you have, have to, to feel that. bad for your wealth. Yeah, you don't like, have what to, is that? You, do, you don't have to do that. Uh, the only one who should feel bad about incredible wealth or taking advantage of uh, really elitist vacations are these people like the president of the United States who <laughs> talks about income inequality all the time, talks about how uh, bad rich people are all the time and how there's such inequality in this country and then he goes and vacations at a $12 million home in the Hamptons. Right. And then you got a question. And then they use so much taxpayer money for that. And like, I think Michelle Obama just did $600,000 of redecorations in the dining room at the, yeah. at the White House. And it's like, that's obnoxious. I mean, that's absurd to do that with taxpayer money while you're sitting there complaining about income inequality. Well, and then you're just going to sit there. Like, I would never dream in a million years of doing a $600,000 renovation on anything. No. I mean, uh, you know, I can't even afford a house that high. I mean, that's, uh, that's, you know, and for them to just haphazardly take taxpayer money and redecorate the dining room of the White House with that and it's then insane. talk about income inequality. It's insane. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. I'll tell you another thing that is insane is this uh, poor guy... <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and CNN has, has run this story for, for the last couple of days. This uh, guy who mocked the alligator said something about uh, F the alligators. <laughs> because there that's... was a sign that said alligators and no swimming. Right. F the alligators. And he jumped in. And that was the last time anybody saw him. Yeah. Well, and I think the article I read, it said he 
not only did he just say F the alligators and jump in, but it said instantly when he jumped in, the alligator came out and bit his arm off and then grabbed him and drowned him. It held him down and drowned him. That's how he died. Oh, my gosh. So apparently the alligator uh, did not take too kindly to his taunts. <laughs> Barely <laughs> not, no. And, uh, but did you see what happened to the alligator after that? No. So apparently, I don't know where, where this was. This is in the Texas. sticks. It was in Texas? Mm -hmm. Somewhere in the sticks because you got some hillbillies out there, and they, they were not about to let this alligator get away with this. Right. So I don't know how they did it, but somehow they got this alligator, and then they shot it in the top of the head and then just left it there. They called the authorities, and they were like, hey, we, we got this alligator. Uh, come get it. And then they fled the scene because I guess it's illegal to shoot the alligator. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. What, Even if the alligators are murderer? <laughs> I mean, wow. he had the remains in the body. But, yeah, there you can see the bullet hole right on top, wow. top of the head. And they fled. So. They try, we don't know how they tracked it down. How do they know they got the right alligator? Because the, the guy's arm was in the... Was in the okay. stomach of the but I mean, you don't know that when you're just looking at the alligator. No, oh, oh, you mean the guys that were yeah, killing the guys that killed it? Now nah, maybe it was just a hate crime against all alligators, and they <laughs> just happened to get the right one. <laughs> that is really something. So the guy's body was found several hours later. Um, Orange County Justice of the Peace Rodney Price told CNN that he ignored all the warnings, all the verbal warnings, all the sign postings, no swimming, alligators. Uh, and locked it, of course. Then he took off his shirt, removed his billfold. Someone shouted another warning, and that's when he said, F the alligators, and jumped into the water and almost immediately <laughs> yelled for help. There it was. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I mean, it's sad on the one hand. It's tragic that a life mm. was lost, but uh, it's really hard to feel bad for someone in a scenario like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like you completely mm -hmm. brought it on yourself. Well, yeah, it's... Your first reaction to this kind of stuff, at least mine is, um, thinning of the herd. Yes. Same with the guy who launched the firework from the top of his, top head, of his head and it blew up and killed him. <laughs> thinning of the herd. But then you think, okay, well, you know, they're humans. They, people do stupid things. Uh, it, it is sad and it's tragic, but these, these things are so stupid that right. it's, it's almost difficult to have a, a lot of sympathy. This is the first alligator death in Texas in about 200 years. Wow. So uh, this doesn't usually happen here, even though I think we have the second highest uh, alligator population in the country after Florida. That's weird. Are they up here? Because my kids were asking me about this after we were chatting about this in story Dallas? in our house. Yeah, they were asking I, me about the alligators. I don't know. It's mostly Houston, situation. I think, and down yeah. along the Gulf Coast. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know that we have that many here in Dallas. By the way, I give you full permission and everyone else, if I die in a manner such as these two gentlemen who mock the alligators and jumped in, if, if I am mocking a... You know, let's say a polar bear at a zoo or something, and I fall into the cage while taunting them and die. Mm -hmm. Thinning of the herd. Thinning of the herd. Dan Andrews, uh, we're, we're not going to mourn him because that's just thinning of the herd. Thinning of the herd. And You'll I, be okay you with know, that? I will be okay with full out <laughs> mockery. I mean, okay. you know, just Good. say, uh, when you see my kids, you say, I'm sorry, you know, but your dad is an idiot. Your he dad is a moron. It. He deserves, he deserves it. it. So you'll see him someday. Uh, and here's another story like that two men died and, and two others were injured. Uh, in the Brecon Beacons mountain range on Sunday in separate incidents when a thunderstorm broke out unexpectedly. The Telegraph reports that sources uh, close to the rescue team said one of the dead men may have been struck because he had a selfie stick. So, you know, you're, you're carrying a metallic <laughs> rod and you're holding it up 
And there's a lightning storm, probably again. Right. Hey, man, check out the sky behind me. Isn't that dope? <laughs> Thinning of the herd. Of the herd. When the doctor arrived, he found a Royal Marine cadet attempting to resuscitate the man, uh, but he wasn't able to. We ended up climbing over the top, and that's when we saw the colleague of the, of the gentleman. She was attempting to resuscitate him. The two men... Uh, who died were hit in separate lightning strikes on the mountain, and the other two men were hospitalized with their injuries and are recuperating in a hospital. What are the odds of that? I don't know, man. That is amazing. That's I mean, did all right. So did one guy have the selfie stick, and he's holding it up to take a picture, and <laughs> lightning strikes him down, and the other guy, what did he do? Just go, ah, that sucked, and then does he pick up the, <laughs> the selfie and he stick gets hit too? <laughs> he gets hit too. Probably. <laughs> Probably. And the, uh, then there was a father uh, that was killed as he tried to launch a firework uh, called the Medieval Knight from his chest. Now, this is a separate person from, <laughs> from the guy, the guy the who head. put it on his head. Then there's a dad who put it on his chest, put the Medieval Knight firework on his chest. And there's the guy. Uh, yeah, mm. definitely a separate guy. Uh, another times. another guy from Texas uh, set off a firework on his chest, was fishing with friends, blowing off fireworks on the Colorado River uh, in Columbus, Texas. When he made the fatal mistake, he was rushed to an area hospital in critical condition, but he died uh, later. Witnesses said uh, he lit a large tube-type firework from atop his chest. <laughs> And they don't really know the precise cause of death. So, uh, in other words, I don't know. Was it just the burn of the launch that killed him? Or did the firework explode? Whatever it was, the ultimate cause was stupidity. Um, oh, or, And I'm going to just go out on a limb here and Man. say alcohol was involved in the incident. I could call me crazy. You willing to go out that far I'm on a limb? I'm just willing to go out on a limb and say that <laughs> I'm not an investigator or anything like that. But I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that alcohol was... Oh. I hope it was involved in this incident or you else this guy's so. dumber than I thought. Wow, and he had a three-year-old son. Gosh darn it, that is just really tragic. Triple eight seven two seven back more patents. Do with Dan Handros coming up. Mm. Wow, a lot of dumb people. A lot of dumb people. A lot of dead people too. Back BECK, It's Pat and Stu with uh, Dan Andros. Uh, we've got some awesome and inspiring quotes now from uh, one of my favorite guys on the planet, Bill Murray. I, I love the guy. I, I love his <laughs> movies. Dating clear back to the Meatballs days and yeah. uh, uh, what was the other one? Stripes? Yeah, Caddyshack. And all uh, that Caddyshack thing. was funny. Uh, you know, Groundhog Day is one of my all-time favorite movies. Absolutely. One of my all-time favorite movies. I just like that. I love his general demeanor. I do, too. It's a very much like an I, I just don't care. Yeah. I just don't care. And he's a guy that you can listen to speak about uh, America or politics and pretty much be okay with it. At least when I've experienced him. He was just talking about something recently where, where I was like, wow, yeah, I wasn't offended by that. That's amazing. Well, you, f you feel like you're getting an original take. 
Yeah. Like what I what I think people are generally turned off by the most, uh, me lately especially, is just when you get the canned, like like even when you hear like a Matt Damon who tries to come off as like this super smart guy, he's just all he's doing is regurgitating, you know, talking points from all of his progressive mentors. Who's the guy? Howard Zinn was the guy that yeah. lived near him and mentored him growing up. The Marxist. He's just regurgitating those points. That's all he's doing. Exactly what he complained about in Goodwill Hunting when he yelled at the guy for trying to be. Yes. At, the, at the thing, and he was like, I just regurgitate yes. talking points. That's all you're doing. Yes. Could have got that at the library for free. <laughs> right. You know, but You don't anyway, get that with so, Bill Murray. No, you don't. It just seems legit. It seems, it seems uh, genuine. So here's some of the great uh, quotes from him. He, he was uh, asked what it's like to be Bill Murray, and he said, uh, nothing prepared me for being this awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a shock. It's kind of a shock to wake up every morning and to be bathed in this purple light. <laughs> Uh, on being relaxed, he said, uh, the more relaxed you are, the better you are at everything. The better you are with your loved ones, the better you are with your enemies, the better you are at your job, the better you are with yourself. And that's, those are words to live by. And he's relaxed. I mean, I guess that's kind of what I was getting at there. Yeah. 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 Uh, number three, on marriage. He said, if uh, you have someone that you think is the one, don't just sort of think in your ordinary mind, okay, let's pick a date. Let's plan this and make a party and get married. Take that person and travel around the world. Buy a plane ticket for the two of you to travel all around the world and go places that are hard to go to and hard to get out of. And if you come back to JFK you're still and you're still in love with that person, get married at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, not everyone can just hop on the plane and fly around the world that right. easily, but I get, I get what he's saying. I yes. get the point. This is kind of an elitist point of view where yes. he, he just assumes everybody's got that kind of money. <laughs> uh, on his interactions with the public, my hope is always that it's uh, going to wake me up. I'm only connected for seconds, minutes a day sometimes, and suddenly you go, holy cow, I've been asleep for two days. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing things, but I'm just out. <laughs> If I if I see someone who's out cold on their feet, I'm going to try to wake that person up. It's what I'd want someone to do for me. Wake me the hell up and come back to the planet. Wait, yeah, that, that's, that's an interesting thing to look, be on the lookout for. Because, that I mean, it's so easy to just, I mean, I guess he's just talking about going through the motions. You're just kind of zoning out and you're just phoning it in, mm -hmm. right? Just going mm -hmm. through the day. And you want somebody mm -hmm. to wake. I mean, that's cool. That's yeah, pretty cool. It is. And he does that. You know, he pops up on those. Have you seen him pop up on videos like... Like, I think he went into some guy's wedding or something, and he just happened to be in South Carolina, and he just shows up at the wedding and just yeah. starts partying with him. And, like, yeah, I mean, not that you're zoning out at your wedding, but you know what I mean. Right. Uh, but you don't expect <laughs> a, a major A-list celebrity to do that. <laughs> no. But he does do that kind of stuff on a fairly yeah. regular basis. Yeah. And they're, they're going to remember that the rest of their lives, I for sure. And just, I'm sure he will, too. I think he just likes to have fun. I think yeah. he likes to interact with people. Seems to be pretty at ease with other people, and and that's unusual for some celebrities because some celebrities are just f either egomaniacs or they're introverts. I would say almost all of them are. Yeah, all of them are probably just true. great A jerks. Did you see that lady that uh, the young singer that was supposed to sing at the All Star game and she's licking donuts and saying Ariana Grande? Oh gosh, twenty two years old. By the way, she <laughs> is American. And TMZ gets this uh, surveillance footage of her at a donut shop with her three dancers. And uh, she's licking the donuts when the, the helper kid behind the counter is, has walked off. Right, and she's doing it like, like we are such rebels. 
You're licking a donut, you idiot. This is not a. This is not some big crazy. You're not trashing the hotel room at the five star hotel or doing whatever all these other crazy right. re renegade bands used to do back in the day. You're licking a donut. Ooh, you my idiot. spit is gonna be on that donut. Well, frankly, <laughs> if some young guy comes in, he'd probably like that. Uh, yeah, and they, they they barely did it too. They were like, oh, we did it. We're so crazy. A little bit of the edge. System, look at us. <laughs> but then, for some reason, the kid brings back another tray of donuts, puts it on the counter, and she says, "What the f is this? I I hate Americans. I hate America." <laughs> what? what was one of the donuts red, white, and blue, or something? Is that what happened? I don't know. I don't know. And then she says, "I hate America." You idiot. Get out, get out then. Yes. Get out. I love these people, these celebrities like Michael Moore, who bitch and moan about. America, but yet they're more than happy to take the millions and millions of dollars they make here. Yeah. Go, go try to make your millions of dollars singing in Botswana, you idiot. Not going to happen. I, I'd like to see, and it's probably up online, that what, what kind of house she lives in in America. Oh. Uh, what her bank account looks like, mm -hmm. uh, what her net worth is from Americans and America. Yeah. Uh, you know that pisses me off. Yeah, you know I, what, I Ariana? Can't take that. You know what, Ariana? If you, if you want, if, if America's so bad, let's. Why don't you go to Haiti? Try living there, because you know what right. you get for being a celebrity in Haiti. You know what nice house you get? You get a hut like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Uh, I can't take it. I can't take it. But I can take Bill Murray because yes. he says cool things. On, on Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld, he said, "I've never, I've never, I never had seen Seinfeld," and they said, "Oh, it's the last episode." So he hadn't seen Seinfeld. Until the last episode wow. aired, which was what, 99? 98? I don't know. That's Who was that? that? I mean, come on. You haven't seen Jerry Seinfeld and everybody, one episode? Yeah. Everybody uh, was watching the last few episodes. And I said, oh, I'll watch <laughs> Seinfeld. And it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. The last episode really kind of sucked. Didn't they wind up in jail? And then they yeah, just talked they to that. each other <clears throat> and then it just kind of ended. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, which was the point of the show. It was about nothing uh, right. or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So. And it wound up being about nothing. <laughs> On saying no, he says it's extremely powerful <clears throat> to say no. It's really the most powerful thing to say. Uh, about failure, he says don't think about your errors or failures, otherwise you'll never do a thing. And on his notorious inaccessibility, he says a moat can be a pretty good thing. <laughs> it can be lovely. It keeps rodents away from the castle. If I if it, it can it can have fish in it, even fish that talk. If you give people access, they take advantage. My phone would ring seventy five times in a row. Finally, I'd pick it up and say, "Who the hell is this?" Oh, hi, I'm calling from so and so's office. What kind of person would ever ever let the phone <laughs> ring seventy five times? And I guess that's what I started thinking. I could do without these people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that Bill Murray was so inaccessible. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, didn't. he shows up at events and stuff, but maybe he just means when I'm home. I think when he's home, I'm yeah. home, like just. Leave I'm like that. I think <laughs> most of us are like that too, with with the phone now. I, I know with my landline at home, I, we almost never answer it. I, I disconnected my landline. Did you really? Uh, yes. So you just have the cell. Just have the cell. That's mm -hmm. a good way to go because all we get now, <clears throat> we either get calls from our kids who want more money, or <laughs> or we get uh, telemarketers, and I don't want either of yep. those calls. You know, I <laughs> take either of them. And every time the, you know, we have this uh, voice thing, and uh, like most people do, uh, that tells you who's calling. Mm -hmm. And every time it's call uh, number unavailable. Call from unavailable. You know it's, it's some telemarketer because mm -hmm. they never put who it is calling. Otherwise, you'd never answer it. 
So now when it says unavailable, we just know it's somebody who we don't want to talk to anyway <laughs> and we don't answer it. But when I do, it, I, I, it, have you noticed that these automate? Well, you don't probably because you probably don't get these on your cell phone. Some of them you do. But they've perfected the, uh, the automated call to the point now where you'll pick up the phone and you say hello. And then if, if nobody says anything for a second, you know it's automated. Right, so you can click before they even say anything. You can click <laughs> and you just hang up. But if you wait and you say hello, because sometimes I like to find out the tricks they're using. <laughs> and then you say hello. Hello. And then, oh, hi, sir. I'm sorry. I just dropped the phone for a second. <laughs> hey, uh, how are you doing tonight? And then you'll say, I I I'm okay. Well, great. That's good to hear. Let me tell you something. Uh, so, I mean, it's a real conversation. Mm -hmm. It's amazing the kind of stuff they can do with these automated calls now to make you think it's a real person. Yeah, it's actually quite sad. And it does come through on the cell phone sometimes, which is why I prefer text. Like, I mean, text is just the way to go because I can just keep my yeah. phone and then I can go through and when True. I want to look at it and then respond if I want, if not. I don't know how tele how are telemarketers getting the cell phones now. I don't know, but <clears throat> excuse me. But if you that's uh, a bad trend. That's it, a bad trend. It is a bad trend, and I think you're supposed to be able to put your number on a do not call list. Well, and I, I don't did. Know if that still exists. I did, but I think it went away because I'm getting all these calls again, more more than I used to get right, when is, I wasn't on a do not call list. This is one time I want the government to just put their heavy hand down on it. Me on too. The telemarketers, yeah. just just zip them. Yes. I don't care about your freedom of speech. Just shut up. Thank you. And get off my cell well, phone. Well, you shouldn't have the freedom to call and bother me at home all the time. And I think they do tricks with uh, the area codes. Because you know who does call me is uh, is a Sirius XM all the time. Because I have it for my car. My car is yeah, accessible for it, too. but I don't have it. And they call me all the time. I mean, I've talked to them because they call me so many times just because I say, please don't ever call me again, ever, never again. Take my number, burn it, throw it away. <laughs> And then a month later, I get another call. They're absolutely supposed to remove you from the list. And, I, and every time I stay on the phone long enough to get a, an actual human, and sometimes I'll even push zero or one or nine a bunch of times to try to get the automated thing uh, to go away and have it ring through to a live human. And when that, when that happens and they pick up the phone, hello, then you tell them, remove me from <laughs> your freaking list now. And they're supposed to do that. But I don't. I don't think they're doing it. No. I mean, by law, they're supposed to do that, and I don't think they do. No, and I and I and, I, and like I feel bad for the people on the other end of the line because I've had like a couple of the jobs that like I accidentally got into and didn't know they were telemarketing jobs. That's like, that's like saying like, you feel bad whose job it is to kill people. You well, feel bad for for hitmen because people don't like him. That's what it's like. But that's I picture like, them Dan. being. I picture them being in the scenario. <laughs> I know what you're saying, but I picture them being in the scenario I was in, which was I, I interviewed for this job out of school. You know, I'm just trying to get something, and and this guy's. I'm like, it's. I'm like, oh, look, I'm not into cold calling. Like that's just not my thing. I'm not good at it. Blah blah blah. This is not cold calling. Right? No, no calling whatsoever. So okay, fine, I'll take it. So I get there first day. They open up this door that they'd never showed me before. And I go into it, and what is it? It's cold a calling. call center. Of course. And they've got a script, and it is amazing. It, I did it for three days. I suffered for three days before I quit. But it was uh, like, I know why that pause comes, because you're sitting there, and the thing just auto-dials. And it takes a second for the name of the person to come up. So you hear the click, and then it comes up, and then you're like waiting because... You don't know the name, and it's like name, and you're like, right. oh, hello, Mr. Anderson, how are you today? And you know, really? and then you start into the script, yeah, and it's just painful. Oh, it it painful. is painful. You get hung painful. up on, yelled at, and you know. Well, yeah, because nobody wants to be interrupted at home. Right. Look, if I go into your store and I ask you for help in buying something, that's one thing. Right. If I'm at home, I'm I'm there wanting to be left alone. 
I'm not I'm not inviting you to solicit me at home. You're kind of infringing on my rights now. But leave me alone. And we were there to like 10 o'clock. I mean, we were calling people all the way up till 10 o'clock, like 930. Oh. I think 930 maybe would have been the cutoff. But I was I remember thinking at the time, like, really? We're, I'm calling somebody at 915, 930? Not a good idea. Uh, no, not a good not idea. Not a good idea. 888-727-BECK. More Pat and Stu with Dan Andrews. Coming up. Just one more uh, fabulous fact about a celebrity segment. Uh, real quick here about some facts about Ringo Starr because he's 75 today. Oh. 75. Still ticking. Wow. 70. <laughs> and isn't he still married to uh, Barbara Bach? Yeah. I mean, they've been married for a really long time. I think 30 years or more, maybe. Um, oh, all right. But uh, at one point, I, I haven't seen her lately, but she was really, she was, you know, not terrible to look at. at really? Someone in the life. Beatles landed a babe, huh? Yeah. yeah well, sad. I mean, you yeah. think, I was thinking about this the other day. It's interesting you mentioned that. John Lennon married Yoko, not right. a babe. No. Paul McCartney married Linda, Linda Eastman. Okay. I mean, but not fat, not somebody you go, whoa! And George Harrison, as far as I know, he just had groupies. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he ever ended up with anybody. In fairness, I think John Lennon was just making a statement. You think so? I think he was purposely like, Yoko doesn't realize this, but I think he was just trying to like make a statement. <laughs> this is just choice. my political statement. Yes. Okay. Uh, anyway, for Ringo, he's, he's still, still rocking, still performing. Um, and uh, his real name, of course, is Richard Sharkey. But here's some facts you may not know about Ringo Starr. Uh, number one, he's never had pizza. Oh, my gosh. He's never, had, he's never had curry. Impossible. And he's never had onions. He was kind of a sickly child dealing with illness after illness, fell into a coma at age six after a bout of appendicitis, left him with a raging infection. Then he lost another year recovering from tuberculosis when he was 13. Jeez. Dang. What the heck? As a kid, he also discovered that he suffers from allergies, highly allergic to onions, garlic, and spices, so he's never had pizza or curry. Wait, wait, uh, onions, garlic, and spices. I'm <clears throat> yeah. thinking you can still get pizza out of that. Well, you could, I guess, if you... It just had cheese and the sauce, right, and the crust. You could probably have a cheese pizza. Yeah, I think you could. Yeah. I mean. Which would be worth doing. Life's not worth living if you don't have pizza at some point. Uh, that's true. Pizza, I mean, I think allergy be damned. I think I'm just going to eat some pizza. Exactly. And just suffer through it for a couple of days. He also apparently doesn't shake hands. Uh, maybe as a result of all his childhood she diseases, <laughs> he's a germaphobe. So he bumps elbows. Instead of shaking hands, that's got to be tough. If you, if we didn't shake hands, and we went to these events oh, where thousands would, of people, I, uh, people would hate us because oh my gosh, they be, would yeah. think we're being rude, rude or egomaniacal or whatever. But you know, and you could be a germaphobe. 
like that and not yeah. you know not think you're better than anybody you're just afraid of it you're just afraid of it. and like i always, i always laugh at the and i don't think people take offense to this but fans at games like in golf you see this all the time because every, the fans are right there next to the tee and they're walking up and they put their hands out and the players walk by and sometimes they high five them but i'm just like i would not you know you never know what crazy's out there and your hands right. for sports i mean you know, yeah. I mean, you saw what happened to what's her face, Monica Sellis, when she, she I mean, she got stabbed, stabbed by a guy who ran out. But think about if somebody was psychotic like that in the crowd and they're just reaching out to your hand and just, you know, yeah. cut you up or something. Anything could happen. Could be dangerous. So. Yeah. Uh, and from Business Insider, here's some uh, science backed ways to boost your mood that you might not have ever thought about. But this is kind of interesting because it's science based. Uh, thing number one, write down three things you're grateful for. I wouldn't think that is science based. But apparently psychologists have done some research on that and found that it does, in fact, lift your spirits when you write down things that you're grateful for. That's also spiritual as well as uh, scientific. Go on a hike or gaze up at the stars on a clear night. Uh, number three, you could move to Switzerland. Okay, they've jumped the shark there with number three. <laughs> I knew I they were mean... going to. I knew <laughs> move they were going to. Move to Switzerland? It might not make you happy, but people who live there are the happiest in the world. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm so tired of hearing about Switzerland, Norway, and Finland. I could, I could just vomit I mean, on it's all three be, of those countries. I mean, I'm sure they're great, but uh, I'm sure are they, they are. They seem like they'd be too cold to be that happy. Well, they're cold. They're socialist. They're not that happy. Yeah. Shut up. And, I, and I'm sick of everyone saying, "Look at how they do it. They do it." So they got like ten people there. Okay. Right. I mean, if we had eleven people in our country too, we could give everybody. They have ten people there, want. and nine and a half of them are white. <laughs> Uh, also, drink coffee, not too much, but a little bit, and I guess that can improve your mood. Meditate, read an adventure story, go outside, go for a nature walk, set specific goals you know you can achieve, write down your feelings. Uh, that sounds touchy-feely, doesn't it? Yeah. Spend money on others, not yourself. Uh, hang out with your friends, volunteer. Volunteer service is a good way to make yourself happy. Mm -hmm. If you if you're focused on someone else and doing for them, you're not so focused on you, and and then your mood can't help but improve. Uh, have the right amount of sex. What's the right amount? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, we will change the land to have something to say about that, and yeah, AC Green would have another thing to say about that. I mean, that's what's. That's true. It's all relative, right? <laughs>